A tried and trusted tool for risk management is to apply hindsight. What were these financiers thinking? Is a common phrase, coupled with a well-placed tut. I am at risk of slipping into the smug rabbit hole. So in this podcast, I'm going to go out on a limb and explain something that has tweaked my risk nose. The car industry is about to go pear-shaped because the way finance has skewed the market for new and prestigious cars. Let me introduce you to a critical risk management technique that is called joining the dots. I have a house in a spot of paradise called Mersey Island. To get to the sandy beaches and oysters, I travel through the east end of London to get to Essex. The housing around Romford lacks um, aesthetic charm. However, the cars parked outside are brand new and that the manufacturers would label prestige. What I was seeing reminded me of the 1970s Australian social commentator on Scott and his piece entitled Down Payment Blues. I've never bought a brand new car, so this situation piqued my interest. When thieves stole my car a couple of years ago, I needed to get a replacement quickly. I took the opportunity to buy a younger model, so I asked about higher purchase. The terms were ridiculously loose, so I took out the loan, because it would be rude not to. I got chatting to the salesperson, who pointed out that some borrowers were paying interest over 40% of their take-home salary. When I explained in the US, they were you know, where they lent to people with no jobs, and that didn't end well. He responded by declaring that that is not a problem, as the finance company can take possession and resell the car quickly. We call this type of lending as collateralized because there's something the lender can grab in the event of default. By the way, credit cards are uncollateralized, which is why the rates are higher. Most banks secure their lending and derivative trading through pledged collateral. In the event of default, the surviving firm can take ownership of the collateral, sell them and close out the liability, hopefully quickly and not in a falling market. Mortgage firms do the same, which is why you do not receive the deeds to the property until you have cleared the outstanding balance. Using a car as collateral has two fundamental flaws. The first is that the value goes down every year for all vehicles other than collectibles. The reason why they buck the trend, I will explain in my newsletter. Finance companies need to sell the collateral quickly, otherwise they will suffer from the effect of depreciation and the cost of storage. The second is structural and comes back to the house, those houses in Ilford with expensive cars. The finance company has made purchasing a new vehicle so accessible that less than 15% of sales are cash only. They're reducing the size of the market for willing secondary market purchases. The average number of owners for the lifetime of a car is four. To maintain stable yet depreciating prices, there needs to be an even distribution of buyers across the vehicle age bracket. If the distribution continues to be top-heavy, then the only balancing mechanism is to reduce the secondary value of cars below the guarantee price embedded in the loan agreement. The bank will have to revalue its loans based on lower expected secondary prices. After incurring losses, they will demand higher funding costs that include more expected depreciation. The tightening of credit terms makes it harder for current owners to roll up to a newer model. It's that stack and roll again, isn't it? The act of holding onto a car for longer rebalances the top-heavy dynamics, 
by making the demand for both new and second-hand vehicles low. A sudden drop in the need for new cars would lead to oversupply and heavy discounting from the manufacturers, creating a vicious feedback loop leading to further distribution. Well, you heard it first here. This episode brings us to the end of Series 4. I've seen the audience double since the end of September, which I'm truly grateful. During this series, I've started a newsletter to accompany the podcast, going to more detail where I explain my thinking. I've taken a more educational tone that the curious and those starting in risk management will find useful. Until recently, the audience was mostly those of my age. This imbalance has changed in October with a strong showing in the 22 to 34 age bracket, which is exciting. The next four weeks will witness continued lunacy that is modelled disuse by the political class and their academic advisers. We will conclude triumph of ideology over pragmatism that will lead the UK to shift to trade on WTO terms. We will see a US election night that will include weeks of ever larger shiver of sharks clogging up every law court in the country. Finally, we shall see the conclusion of the game of chicken that is the Azerbaijan and Armenia conflict. Who will claim victory from the superpowers? No one knows. Well, there's not a lot we can do about all these events other than to bear witness where I will try and use as fodder for risk pearls of wisdom. Just remember, we should try and focus on steering the ship we can lead. Otherwise, we will all slip into collective madness. Thank you.